All standby passengers, see me at the podium for your seat assignment. Non-Rev Lounge is a travel and aviation podcast. Monique, Laura, and Tyler are three friends that work for a major airline as gate agent, flight attendant, and ramp worker. During this podcast, they will discuss using their flight benefits to travel the world as well as talk about things that happen at work. They have guests on almost every week to share their travels and stories, leaving tips on the best places to travel or things to do. Enjoy. Welcome to the Non-Rib Lounge. I'm Monique. I'm Tyler. Lara. And we're back with our friend Lizzie. Hello. Yeah, so we're excited to have her back for another week with us. Yeah, so do you know where she's from yet, Monique? <laughs> I, I think I know. It's not Idaho. What's your guess? I think it's Ireland. Yeah. It's, it's the hair. It's, it's, it's hair. the hair. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, I am actually, I have it on my Instagram because it's it's a mouthful. I am a Dutch-born, Irish, and British-bred American. so i was born in eindhoven in holland which is just out it's like a couple hours outside amsterdam my mother is irish my father is a mix of scottish irish british and they are first generation immigrants of their parents into england and i am a first generation american so i was in dublin for a little bit as a kid I wasn't in Holland very long. My parents were like in transition while they had me. But I did live in Maynooth, which is about 30 minutes outside Dublin. And then we've been in Texas, Oregon, and here since living in America. And I got my citizenship, I want to say it was like 2016. It was still while Obama was president. I can remember that. That was a fun and interesting process. I didn't realize what it took, the amount of effort it took to become an American citizen until I did it. So... So yeah. how many passports do you have? Right now I have two. I'm actually going to end up with three. Oh, so yeah, cool. I so, have them with me. They're in my bag. Cool. I've got a British one. I have an American one. And I'm actually applying for my Irish one. So. Very cool. Yeah. I want my Irish one because um, ever since Brexit. Um, They're separate now. They are separate. So you cannot fly in the European Union on the British one. So I would like my Irish one. So does it cost you every time you had to renew them, you got to pay for each one? Yes. 100%. Oh. <laughs> That Irish one's like 2,500, Closer to the 2,000 range, I 2000. think. 2,000. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I only know yeah. that because I did the 23 and me, and I'm 57% Irish. And so you can hold a passport. Correct. Their stipulation is you have to have at least one full-blooded Irish parent. That's like, that's Ireland's stipulation. I'm well embedded oh, there. Oh, yes, you are. Yeah. So I could probably, without my mother holding citizenship, I could go and apply and I would get it. But I'm also working on getting my mother hers. So she'll she'll hold three like me. See, I'm, I'm black Irish, my dad says. My, it's my dad's side of the family Oh, that's Irish. So, okay. Do you know if it's northern or southern? I will now find out. Oh, okay. After our talk earlier. <laughs> after our conversation. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> that's true. Because if it's northern, you could be in a whole different realm of other um, citizenship. Isn't it crazy? Yes. So it costs $2,000 to get a passport? Is that a renewal too, or just the first one? Is it good for 50 years? Yeah. No. So getting my British one, I'd have to look, but I think it's every 10 years, England makes you renew and it's about the same price. They're a little bit more expensive though. England is. I've always had to pay quite a bit of money to get my British one. And the funny thing with them as well is like, even though I'm a dual citizen, because I hold two passports, they don't recognize each other. So like I was recently flying home from Ireland 
and I gave customs my British passport. And he instantly was like, where's the visa? Where's this? And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm an American citizen. Like, I, I'm going home. And he gave me this like 20 minute lecture. He's like, I don't care about that passport. If you have an American one, you give me the American one. Like he was very adamant. Ooh. Like, yeah. So they don't, they don't recognize each other. When I fly into England, it's the same thing. Like I can show them I have an American one, but they don't care. They want my British one if I have it present to prove. So okay. is it the one you do with APIS or no, that has nothing to do with it? I don't think so. I was just wondering, because if, if that's the information we're sending them, if that's what they're looking for. I tried to find this out the last time I was in Dublin. I was asking customs questions like this. Like, do you guys care which passport I use? Because obviously you guys are collecting information on that. And the consensus I was told is no, they don't care. As long as I have a legal reason to be in the country and I have proof that I can enter it, that's all they care about. Interesting. So the next time we go to complain about paying $100 to get a new passport, we need to... There's like 130 now. I'd be up to... So it's America, a, it's extremely inexpensive to get a passport. Well, that's good enough. Compared to other places. <laughs> it reminds me, like, I was working with this guy yesterday, and I realized that he's been there longer than me, so more than 14 years. He only has one leg. And I thought, <laughs> I need to stop complaining about work, because he does it just like us, and he only has one leg. That's crazy. That's where you rounded that story out. Okay. Because you're grateful. Yeah. He's grateful. He's thankful. <laughs> I was trying to see where that... <laughs> he, he, he's not the one that was on my flight and took off his leg and put it underneath the seat. Oh, I don't I know who he was. Okay. That's Does amazing. he always wear pants? He must always wear pants because I had no idea and he was wearing shorts yesterday. I was like, he only has one leg because he had a, his prosthetic leg. Interesting. He yeah. must wear, he has to wear pants. Yeah, he must all the yeah. time, yeah. So. Yeah. So last time you told us that you started on the ramp and now you're in management. How long have you been with your airline? It'll be two years this coming July. Okay. I didn't start this past summer, but the summer prior. So yeah, I did. I I joined as a part-time ramp agent and then I went to dispatching. So I was doing dispatching for the baggage department and then I joined in to ramp management. So I manage like all of ground operation, which is fun. I love that part of the job. My dad used to fly Cessnas and so b- despite the fact that like I love traveling on its own piece. I do actually love like airplanes too. I get all giddy when like BA's flight comes in and it they send like their big ones and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. So I am a little bit of an aviation geek. But you said you had another job originally. You still have the other job, the healthcare one or you? No, okay. I, when I went into um, management, I let go of the medical one. I, everyone in my personal life was like super on board with it too. They're like, oh my gosh, if anyone is good for this job, like as just you being completely immersed in aviation they were like yes do this so yeah i didn't realize doing medical for so many years like a super rewarding career but i had no idea that when you work in aviation that you get the type of perks that you do and the minute that somebody told me i was like sign me up sign me up so yeah i don't have any regrets about doing it solely as a career now it's definitely rewarding so that was a big part of your reason to get the job was for the benefits yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah I when I became the part-time ramp agent, it was solely for the benefits. So now it's more so that like it completely like it's a lifestyle choice now. It was one of those like, oh yeah, this is I belong in this industry. So it was actually cute. My mom was cleaning, she moved recently and she was cleaning out some stuff and she found like a bunch of like a box of like childhood stuff for me that had like artwork and stuff in it. And there's this little cute thing that a teacher must have made me make when I was probably about six or seven years old. And it says like what you want to do 
when you're you older. Up. Yeah. Yes. And I had put in there, like, I want to be a travel agent. And I think because I was young, like I didn't understand the difference between like what a flight attendant is or like what any of that is. And she showed it to me and it said, I want to live in London with my cat and be a travel agent. (laughs) (laughs) And so now like when I look at it and I read it, I'm like, okay, well, I did that little kid justice. So it's fine. That's great. Now I'm with airlines all the time. So I definitely think I made the right choice. So you two years, give or take. Yeah. How many times have you been back to England or Ireland? Since I've had the ability to non-rev, I've been back five times. Yeah, five times. Two years, wow. Yeah. That's good. So I'm going back in January, and then I just went back in October. I went in September, and I went July. Oh, I lied to you. It might be a little more. July, (laughs) March, and... Oh, yeah, it's more. Yeah, (laughs) it might be a little more. More like six or seven times, actually. And I go to both. Okay, can you explain to our listeners the difference that you were you were telling me about Northern and Southern Ireland? Yeah, um, so Southern Ireland is its own entity. It's its own country that is Ireland, which is where you find like County Limerick, Waterford, Dublin, Galway. These are all like Ireland cities. Northern Ireland is an, it's an extension of Great Britain and it was ruled by the queen until she passed, is now ruled by the king and it is seen as like a, Colony might not be the right word, but it's seen as like an extension of Great Britain. And so they are very much like two separate countries. And when I was last in Ireland and was driving through like the countryside of Ireland, there's no wall or it's not like it's not a hard border. It's very much like a soft border, but they are two distinct countries. I remember getting a text message to my phone and it was like, I I think at the time I was using O2. Um, but like O2 or Vodafone will send you a message just like, welcome to Northern Ireland. So they are very, they're separate countries. And I have never been to Northern Ireland or spent any time there, which is definitely on my bucket list because as someone who's Irish and has spent all of my time in Southern Ireland, I definitely want to go up there and kind of see the difference. In and so culture. name some of those cities that you, in Northern Ireland, Belfast. Belfast. Um, funnily enough, Belfast is known for its golf. Because of the climate and because of all the grass. (laughs) So, yeah, um, there's a lot of golf. And, of course, it's Ireland. So both ends of the continent have a lot of horseback riding. And that's something that I love. That's a pastime of mine. So I try to get horseback riding in if I can. Well, if I was going to Ireland, which I am, what are the things? What what are the must-sees? Okay, so the must-sees in Dublin... If you're going to spend time in Dublin, a lot of the touristy portions of Dublin are the south side of the River Liffey. Like that's where the school is, Trinity College. That's where the castle is. All of like Guinness Factory, all the touristy spots in Ireland are south of the River Liffey. Um, O'Connell's Bridge is like the major bridge that crosses over the river in Dublin and leads to the south side. The touristy parts of Southern Ireland, like that part of Dublin, Temple Bar, there's a lot of pubs in there that are geared towards like tourism. And then you've got Grafton Street has tons of like places where you can get the Argan cardigans and like you can get a lot of like whiskey. The whiskey, Irish whiskey factory is also just north of Grafton Street. Um, St. Stephen's Green is right in the middle there. That's that famous park that's right in the middle of Ireland. When I last went, stayed right near Camden, Camden Upper Street. 
that's still kind of touristy, but it's more like where the locals of downtown downtown Dublin would go and drink. So you have a really nice blend of like tourism, like people that are a little bit more comfortable branching out a little bit. And then you've got like some of the locals that don't mind tourism. They kind of blend right where Camden Street is. So, and then of course, there's tons of stuff like on the outskirts of Dublin. There's a ruined site, almost like Dublin's own little Stonehenge. Oh, okay. And then I'm trying to think like as you go. What, what outwards, What's that ruins place called? It's, it's, it's set up just like Stonehenge too. S- similar type of, it's the same era that Britain's Stonehenge was. Druids? The Druids? D-R-U-I-D-S? It might be, actually. I think they're the ones that did the yeah. Stonehenge. The, um, the aliens. The aliens. Yeah. <laughs> the aliens came down and did it. Is there a haunted prison in Dublin? Because I did the like double-decker bus tour oh, like the red yeah, bus yeah, or whatever. Yeah. hop on hop off those yeah. are really great by the way too and i feel like i remember them talking about you have to make reservations and you got to go see this like i thought they talked about a haunted they're probably prison. i it wouldn't surprise me and i mean i'm sure they're, they're all in the touristy yeah because so you they, can, they kind of you sell can it, tour the I castle too but that i think you have to sign up for like you can walk the outside of it but you also have to sign up to go in it. Like you can go into the castle the- was cool. We did that. Yeah. Yeah. The castle was like, great. Was did you spend the night there? We did three nights. No, but I meant in the oh, castle. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think you can. They, oh, okay. d- they use it a lot for like board Laura's meetings for people. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hide out. <laughs> just hide in the little, <laughs> uh, the pillared part of it and just hang out there and be like, well, this is my trip. I'll just hang out in here. I think I was there. They, I saw somewhere that had a castle that had like an Airbnb in that you can stay in the certain castles. So, so I know there are ones. Yeah. Cause I've got a friend at work and she's, she has stayed at a castle in Ireland. Yeah. But- that's a huge part of tourism in Ireland and Scotland. So I can tell you I've stayed in Dalhousie, which is in Scotland as a kid. And there's a whole line of tourism that's based off of that. Like people that go and will deliberately travel castle to castle and stay and like look into the history of them and stuff. I don't, think you can stay in the in the Dublin castle the one that's in downtown Dublin but there are castles in Ireland that you can't stay in there's like a whole whole tourism like kind of like how they do dark tourism where people will go to visit like horrible things around the world there's a whole industry that's based around staying in castles so if you google it it's a little like lighter yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's it's not as bad or scary (laughs) as that so non-rev lounge after dark yeah (laughs) that's after dark yeah a lot of like the southern part of Ireland is really pretty. There's this like myth that it's really hard to get around Ireland by car. It's not. But it. I will say that you're on the opposite side of the street. You're on the opposite side of the car. And 90% of the cars that you rent in England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales are all going to be manual transmission. Oh. So there's a lot to get around, if that makes sense. Like we rented a car... I can drive manual transmission. I just don't like to because I'm not very good at it. Uh, I rented a car that was an automatic in England and it cost me five times the amount it was to rent a manual. So if you can imagine like renting a manual car, this was probably six or seven years ago. So if you want to say like renting a manual car right now is $49 a day, it was like $199 a day to rent a car at that time for renting an automatic. So like it's a steep upcharge because they don't have that many available now it's changing because i've actually met quite a lot of people who admit that they drive automatic in europe now because it's nicer easier but it's always going to be like if you look architecturally too at the landscape they're on a lot of hills they do a lot of roundabouts they like driving manual i don't ever see that being like a swift change for them so 
you can rent a car, <laughs> but it's like, that's why I think they try to deter people away from it, saying that it's hard to rent a car. It's not hard. It's just, it's a steep cultural sidebar. You got to be on the other side of the car, other side of the road with a different transmission. So I'd say for anybody that's going, that's like a normal, like Subaru manual driver here, they might be okay with it. They, yeah. they might, you know, they might acclimate to that. But other than that, they have phenomenal public transportation. So like I have um, family in Maynooth, which is the west side of Dublin, like the outside of it. And I can fly into Dublin. I can get on a bus and or train system out of Dublin and get to my family, no problem. So there would be really not a whole lot of reason for me to rent a car. And same when I go to London, I can get on a bus or I can get on a train and get out to my family and there's no need to have a car. The nice thing about Dublin is they have what's called the leaf system. They sell like a public transportation card and you can reload it and it'll get you on all of their buses and trains. I like the oyster card. And I just, I think that's fabulous. I don't believe London has anything like that. They might for like their national rail service, but I haven't looked into it, but they're on a much larger, they're on a larger scale. So I would imagine that it's a little bit more. There's multiple train services that service the tube and the underground. So you'd probably have to, it, almost like an airline carrier, you probably oh, have yeah. to stick in that type. But in Dublin, they use their, their LEAF program. And you can just go into the train station. You can preload your card. You can jump on. They have a lot of trains, like inner city trains that look like the light rail. Oh, yeah. Super helpful. Or you can get on their continental trains and go in and out. So I like driving over there. It was fun, dude. I love being on the other side of the road. I think it's great. <laughs> did, you, did you have a manual transmission? No. Did you rent an automatic? Yeah. I didn't find it that hard. I didn't mind spending the money for it. It was a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah. Because I, did you, when you went over, because you were there, did you drive? No. Okay. I didn't know if. Dad drove. Yeah. In Dublin. Oh, in Dublin? No. We just, we Ubered into downtown and then when we went over to the cliffs, you we did just, a tour we did something? a tour. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Laura, the cliffs and more. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Oh, yeah. See, that's on your Instagram too. Lizzie. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. That's on the West. It's on the West coast, but it's definitely worth going to. 100%. Is the Barney Stone worth it? So, oh, fun oh, oh, fact, oh. I, I've been to the Blarney Stone. and Is that how you pronounce it? Blarney? Blarney. Blarney. Okay. So, it's in a castle. So, again, if you like castles. <laughs> um, yeah. But I went, so I got lucky. I, I went to Gilbert High School. And Gilbert has a sister city in Ireland. And so, we were invited to march in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in 2008. And... We got to go to Dublin um, as a class, as a marching band. We went and part of like the trip was we performed in the St. Patrick's Day Parade and then they they kept us for a week there and they drove us down to our sister city, um, Castle Is, and we all got to go and like kiss the stone. It's so overrated. And I imagine (laughs) now, I imagine now that like they probably don't do it because of COVID. I say, did you guys all come back with mono? <laughs> probably. I bet if I, I bet if I like called some people that I went to high school with, it was like, hey, they probably admit to like, yeah, we felt so sick after that trip because they didn't clean it. No. Like I think back to that and I'm like, oh God, they didn't like wipe the stone or anything. It was just one of these things where like the stone is like, if you can imagine a castle wall like this, the stone is at the bottom of the wall and you have to like, you have to tip yourself upside down to like kiss it. It's so strange. And, like, there's a person that's working it that helps you. Like, they hold your feet while you do it. My dad did it. So, yeah. He is he has a picture of himself upside down. Yeah. So, I mean, it. it depends. Like, is it worth it? 
depending on how into castles and history you are to, I don't want to take it away from some people and say like, it's, it's not worth it at all. But to me at the time I was just like, why are we all doing this? <laughs> What's what, funny about that, Cause people always say, you got to go do that. Like, you always hear people say that, but then you, other people will be like, don't waste your time. Like don't, yeah, it's a long I think, ways away, right? It's, it's kind of yeah. like clear down. It and, depends on what you're trying to get out of the trip yeah. to some people. I think it would be, but to me, like I'm more of a, I love getting like the scenic portion of, of trips and uh yeah that to me just was like this feels like a waste of time but the cliffs of moor definitely worth seeing they're extremely impressive in person uh same as like there's a couple places along the coast of western ireland down saint patrick's head is another place where there's cliffs that's on my instagram which are those what's it called again down saint patrick's head but there's a coastal so they have like almost like california has like how they have their coastal trails that you can walk um the West Coast of Ireland has a similar system where it's all signposted and you can like walk along, walk along their coast and see different parts of different cliffs. And they're extremely impressive to me. I think that that's worth it if you like being outdoors. If you don't like being outdoors, you probably wouldn't enjoy, wouldn't enjoy that very much. So I think, I think it depends on what you want out of the trip. Ireland can be friendly for both. Like you as an, as a naturist or someone that really likes being outdoors, you would love doing things more like that as someone who's maybe like, I don't want to be cold and wet or I don't want to be cold. Then yeah, like touring castles, doing the Blarney stone or like staying in Dublin and doing more touristy things like the whiskey museum or the Guinness factory. You're going to get something out of that. Guinness factory. I've got two questions. Are you, are you a foodie? I am. I'm a huge foodie. So what should Laura eat when she goes? What kind of food would you expect her to look forward to? Well, you're always going to find like a pub that's serving like bangers and mash. That's huge. Dublin Coddle, C-O-D-D-L-E, is basically like stew. It's it's their blend of like throwing in vegetables, sausage, things like that. That's what I've heard, the stew. And they said like every pub has kind of a little bit of their own, but it's it's very good. Yeah, they're all very like, they make their own twists on stews. um, But the the name for it is Dublin Coddle. Dublin Coddle. Um, Wow, that sounds good. Yeah. So definitely if if someone's got Irish stew, you want to try it. Irish soda bread, it's made differently over there. Anything with potatoes. Because I will be the first person to say like, my mother's family is from Limerick. And like she's brought back pictures of like homegrown potatoes. It's just the way they grow their potatoes. It has to be something agriculturally because it's it's like it's not like Idaho potatoes. It's not. It's completely. Their potatoes are really soft and creamy, and they're using Irish butter. And it's the potatoes are worth it. So if you have like if someone's serving bangers and mash, and you're getting sausage and potatoes, oh my gosh, that that's. That, okay. I would definitely say that's worth it. So bring stretchy pants. Too, bring so stretchy like, pants. Yeah, we're going to go a few days before our tour so we can get acclimated. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, good times to go. So obviously, like, it depends on how much you tolerate rain. Because this time of year onwards through March, it pours. So if you can withstand a bit of rain, I mean, it's not a terrible time to go, but it's not it's cold. The best time to go would be like St. Patrick's Day onwards. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so probably spring and fall. Spring and fall are the best times to go. And I always tell people that Ireland during March is obviously like madness. Oh, absolutely. Like be, be prepared for mad, like just full streets, full bars. But I, I like when places are like that. I like when it's like bustling because you meet Why so many people. Why is it so busy people. then? 
St. Patrick's. Just basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The whole month or like just that weekend that. Probably like the last half of March is the, it like, cause it's, it falls like towards the middle. Okay. So the last half of March is just madness over there. And it's, it's because like a lot of people will tourism travel to Ireland for that. And Ireland totally reaps the benefits of it. Like they know it's coming and they're like, yes. (laughs) So they, they will take in that and they'll throw, like they throw the parade, they throw everything for it. So yeah, it's well, a it's great. a big pull for them. I would imagine that like just as like the Macy's Day Parade pulls for Thanksgiving, like for them, that's that's a big money maker. So their Oktoberfest in March. Yes, it is their Oktoberfest in March. Wow. Yeah, that's I went in July. It was tough. Like I it was hard, but that's when there was a, an event we had to be do for a baptism. Ah, so okay. I wouldn't suggest people try to not enough in July. It 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 gets we got busy. lucky, but yeah, we got yeah. in and out. But it was it was rough. Those loads are tough. In July. The tourism tends to be high in spring for St. Patrick's or in the summer. Um, when we went, I went with my mother years back, and um, we were confirmed. This was before I was in airlines, but we were over there in July, and the streets were packed. Like that's a very hot time for because people are on summer holidays. Their kids are out of school. Like holiday. They typically, you know what I mean? They go when it's best for the family. So you see a lot of family tourism during the summer over there. That's why we're trying to go in May, the beginning of May. April, May, and then Uh like fall, like after the summer, Mm -hmm. end of August. I think May is a good time. You've still got kids that are trying to get out of school. So you might beat some of that. Yeah. Yep. 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 Very cool. So is there a rivalry between Ireland and Northern Ireland? Ireland? Not as bad as it was portrayed like years ago. I know okay. like when it was talked a lot about like car bombings and things like that, like years ago. Yes. And is there a rivalry now? I mean, you said you've never been up there. I didn't know if it was like, I'm not going up there. Yeah, was, no, I've, I've never been, but I mean, it is, it's a goal of mine to go because I'm interested to see like on that end, like how they portray Southern Ireland, because obviously as, as someone who's been around Irish people, you know, they just, they don't go near the North. But I mean, do they hate them? No, but they just don't go near them. They're like, so, no, that's not us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is the drink, the Irish car bomb, is that offensive to you guys? Nah. Nah. I've, I've been able to say Irish car bomb in Dublin and <laughs> nobody looks at me funny. Okay. So yeah, no. I, but the first time I did it, I looked over my shoulder. Like, just to make sure. Just to make sure. Yeah. But no, that's, uh, they're very much accepting of the history, especially too, because it's, it's more so like, Ireland is heavily Catholic. So a lot of that feud is because Protestant Northern Ireland is uh mostly Protestant. So it was more a religious feud than anything. So as long as you don't go boasting through Dublin, you're a Protestant, then I think you're good. Cause yeah, that's noted. That's That's what we spent most of our time on that trip in Northern Ireland. We went to Belfast and did you enjoy it? Yeah. But also I didn't know. I mean, like you said, when you cross the border, I yeah. got a mess on my phone and said, now you're in Northern yeah. Ireland. Mm-hmm. And the prices changed in gas because they went from, um, was it? Yeah, that's the biggest pounds. difference. Like, Correct. Yeah, it's pounds to euros. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden yeah. it switched that. So you kind of had to do the math in your head a little Correct. bit. So is it more now or less? But yeah. other than that, like the people were nice both places. Both, I mean, that's what I've heard. Because again, I can't attest to Northern places, Ireland, yeah. but I've heard that the people, they're just as friendly. Irish people are really friendly. They're They're very like... The, the whole culture and my family is this way too. The whole culture is very like open door policy. Come in, have a drink, like have a chat with us. They're very social people by culture. So everything that I've heard from my friends and f- 
people that have been to Northern Ireland, it's, it's the same. It's just that it's that religious like feud that has kept them separate. And then of course that they broke off and are a part of great Britain. That's what keeps, keeps it different. But, um, in general, we got a history lesson too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I always, I laugh. People when I'm here will ask me about England, Ireland, you know, Scotland. And then when I go over there, it's so funny because people will just pick my brain about being American because I stand out. And then, you know, people will be like, Oh, my favorite, my best friend's dad calls me his Yankee doodle. Oh, so like cute. whenever I go over, he's like, Oh, the Yankee doodles coming to town. <laughs> and so then like her friends and just friends in general, I have over there, they ask me constantly. So one of the good things about Dublin is the airport taxes. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Which is a lot of the reason why I like to fly through there. Like under forty dollars. Yeah, it's great. I think so. I did Delta. I non, which I had told you earlier. um, Delta does a route from Boston to Dublin, which is typically pretty open. I don't want to jinx it, so I'm gonna knock on all the wood. But um, it's it's a good it's a good route. And so when you fly through Dublin, the airport city tax is about. 40 to 50 it's in the 40 to 50 dollar range when you fly through london it's like 200 exactly so their taxes are immensely better so sometimes i will literally route myself through dublin for that reason specifically because i don't want to deal with it i'm like oh i could be saving myself 150 dollars. it's a little bit more time it's a little bit more effort but worth it because then i'll just spend the night in dublin sometimes instead of just flying direct i'll come from england into ireland spend the night in ireland and then go home so so from your two years of experience non-revving, what's something that you do that makes you a good non-rev? Uh, efficiently learning how to pack. Oh, I, I, de- I definitely think that like I've had conversations with friends and family after being in the non-revving world and the amount of stress that I see people go through trying to travel and not efficiently knowing how to travel. And it just it wrecks the experience for them. So I'd have to say that like putting myself in positions where like I've gone to California for the day and like being able to put myself in that position, it's taught me how to like really prioritize what I need not being at home. So like I always tell people as a kid, you know, I came from a very travel savvy family with a dad that flew small planes. So it was done for me as a child. Like my mom and dad would pack for the family. They would take us places. And so it wasn't until I was a teenager and an adult that that really needed to be like a thing for me. But even then, like I didn't travel as much as a young like adult. I, I did, but I didn't. And then once I got into this industry and I put myself in those positions where I was like, you know what, I'm going to go away for the night or I'm going to go away for the day. I started realizing like, okay, I don't really need this or why did I even bring this? And so now like I'll go to England with a backpack And people just look at me like I'm psycho. Like I'll go to England for a week with a backpack and they're just like, how do you do that? And so now it's kind of nice to be able to like pass that wisdom on to people that don't travel as much. And I'll be like, well, realistically, you don't need this. Or if you did need it, this is where you can get it. And then they kind of are like, oh, wow, that's really great to know. Or like, oh, I wouldn't have even thought about that. So I think checks a whole bag of just lashes, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're important. They're very necessary. My lashes. Um, Do you roll your clothes then in the backpack or? I will roll certain pieces of clothing like jeans. No. Oh my God. Rolling jeans to me just feels like you're making more space. Like you should just leave them flat. But like 
if it's anything linen or cotton, it gets rolled. Okay. You were telling us about, you did like 24 hours in England or something? Oh, yeah. I, I did. I have, I have a funny story, too, about going to England I can tell you guys about, which will probably, I want to play this for my mom because she still, to this day, gives me so much crap about it. So I did, I did do England in three days, which... <sighs> is is it's rough when you think about it but I know a lot of people that work with me will do England for the day to go like have lunch or they go see Big Ben or whatever and then they stay the night and they come home so I did Phoenix to Philly Philly to Dublin Dublin to Birmingham and then spent the night in Birmingham took a train down to London <laughs> the next day uh, got on a plane to London flew back through the East coast and then came back to Phoenix. Wow. And yeah, I did all of that in three days and I came home and was telling like people I work with that I did this and they were all just like open mouthed at me. Like, how are you standing? <laughs> and I was like, well, to be honest, like once you do that trip enough, like crossing the Atlantic, once you've done it enough and I've had my whole life to practice with my parents, it's not as bad, but I definitely wouldn't recommend like, doing a three day turnaround to someone that's not travel savvy. Cause it is, it is quite a lot on, uh, on like your, on your body. Cause I, I, I will say that even though I wasn't like hit the bed when I got home, I, I was pretty tired. Like I was kind of a little sleepy, but yeah, I did that in three days. That's probably the, the heaviest I've ever done. But yeah, when I was 25 or 26, I'm 32 now. I was so excited about renting a car in England because I'd never had the opportunity to prior and not that we needed the car, but I wanted the car because I wanted to, my family's central based in England, they're in Birmingham. So I wanted the ability to be able to rent the car so that we could see multiple members of the family. So I remember we confirmed a flight, me and my mom, and I had told her I'd rented a car. I was super excited about it. I was like, okay, we're going to have this car. It's going to be great. So we land in Heathrow. And this was the first time my mother loved to fly Gatwick. It was locationally better for her and her family. But I had booked us tickets through Heathrow. And so I had rented a car through, um, I think it was... No, it wasn't Travelocity. It might have been Expedia. So it was third-party rented. And the name of the rental car company was E-S-I-R-E-N-T. And I was calling it E-Siren. It's easy rent. <laughs> so I literally, yeah. So oh. I'm walking around the airport. I'm walking around the airport. And I'm trying to get to like their, their, and my mom's like walking behind me and she's getting tired and exasperated. And I'm asking like all these cab drivers and all these like airport workers. I'm like, I'm looking for a siren. I have a rental car with them. And they're just like, we don't know what you're talking about. So I finally, finally get to where I need to be. And we're going in to get the car. And the guy's like, hi, welcome to Easy Rent. And my mom just explodes on me. And she's like, let me see that paper. <laughs> she like snatches it from me. And she's like, E-Siren, this is Easy Rent. What are you talking about? And she was livid. And in the moment, not funny. But we look back at this now. And me and my mother are just in stitches. Because I was just, I was young. And I was so excited to rent a car. And didn't even think like. Easy Rent. Easy so much rent. for easy. <laughs> so, thank you. That's what I said. So she still tells this story like to this day about how we were just wandering around the London airport chain trying to find e-siren <laughs> and it doesn't exist. It is most definitely easy rent. So that's yeah. A lot a lot of my funny travel stories coincidentally involve my mother. <laughs> she's she's fun to travel with. She's 
she's she's Irish. So <laughs> I just I typically just tell people when they ask me about my mom, I'm like, well, she's Irish, and that sums mm. sums up the fun nature of her. But <laughs> yeah, that one I look back on and I laugh every time I think of it. I'm like, oh god, perfect. That's, That's funny. So are you ready to go, Laura? To Ireland next year? I I am ready. We're going to have a all the supply tents and get together and have a planning party. Feel free to. I will Thank gather you. some more. Off the top of my head, like it's so hard because Ireland's so cute and small, and it's an island. So there's plenty of places I'm sure. Like if I was with you, I'd be like, oh yeah, here. I'll do have this, to. Do that. Yeah, I'll have to think a little more so I can. I'll send you some more things. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Know. Yeah, of course. And the West Coast. If you guys get the opportunity to go to the West Coast, the West Coast is beautiful. But Dublin is just as fun if you don't venture out that way. Ireland is one of those places where wherever you are, there's something nice to do. So that's good. Yeah, you are going to a place that's that friendly. So oh, cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you Thank guys for you. having me. Appreciate it. Let us know. But uh, thanks for being with us again. And uh, absolutely, Thank it's you. been fun. I'm, I need to go back. I do those three days, but I need to go back to Ireland. And I am biased, but yes, you do. <laughs> And, uh, you can find her on Instagram at Life with Lizzie, but without any eyes. So it's L F E W T H Lizzie L I Z Z I E. You can find us at Lonrev Lounge Podcast on Instagram, and you can always email us at the Lonrev Lounge Podcast at gmail.com. If you rate and review us, that'd be great. It would help our algorithms. Five stars, please. Thanks for listening. Thanks again. We'll talk to you. See you, see you next week. All right, bye. This has been Non-Rev Lounge. This episode was sponsored by Staff Traveler, which is the number one app to get your non-rev loads. It is used by over 400,000 people from all airlines in the world and built to make your non-rev trips easy and stress-free. Sign up now for free at stafftraveler.com forward slash non-rev lounge. Geography of America. Yeah. They're like so confused. They're like, so is New York next to LA? And it's like, no, 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 no. Like not <laughs> even good. close. I'm, yeah. They're, yeah. And they, they think that America is like Los Angeles, uh, New York and like Miami. <laughs> they're like, oh, there's other cities. You know, they're very like perplexed by how big I was in England when she passed. I was actually on a non-rev trip, which was in a way, I'm not a royalist, even oh, though we I are. am. Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love the royal family, but I'm not like a huge royalist. Um, my mom is. But as someone who is t- British, um, it, it just felt right, like being in England when she passed. I also got to see um, the king sworn in, like oh, across cool. the country. Yeah, it was, it was really great. Um, it's a very, like proper piece of history like they still keep a lot of like the royal traditions that were hundreds of years ago practiced so I thought it was it was really cool I was seeing a piece of history